Welcome to Reading and Ranting, where we read obsessively and rant about life in our 20s. I'm Carly. And I'm Mia. And ladies and gentlemen, I think you all know why we've gathered here today. It's time to dive back into the world of Navarre, a fourth wing of Basgiath World College. We're talking all things Iron Flame. Mia and I took it upon ourselves to devour these books as this week is when Iron Flame quite literally came out. So let's get into it. We're so excited to share all of our reactions and theories. All right, guys. So as we mentioned, Iron Flame literally just came out this past week. So this book is hot and fresh off the shelves. But Mia and I took it upon ourselves to finish it this week so we could talk to you guys about our reactions, our theories, our overall thoughts. But I will say, this was not an easy, devouring read. Like, some books, even the 600, 700 pages, like, I am done in two days. I will admit, like, I had a busy week this week. Like, you know, lots of things going on. Didn't leave a lot of room for reading time. Like, you know, having a full-time job will do that to you. But this was like a hard read. What do you think, Mia? Yeah, I I did finish it in two days, but <laughs> it was harder. It was it was a much harder read, like like you said, like tenacity, like devouredness wise, compared to yeah. Fourth Wing or like even some of like the other kind of just like romantic reads of this genre. And I still I still loved it. I loved it. Mm-hmm. I did devour it, but it took me so much longer than I anticipated. Like, yeah. I really thought like I was going to finish. It. I finished fourth wing, I think, in less than twenty four hours. So I, I think I was mm-hmm. just tracking towards that in my brain. But I will I say, think, um, she was hefty. She was a hefty I, girl. I will say in our fourth wing episode, um, and if you guys listened and remember, we mentioned that. The world building like doesn't start at the beginning. You basically just get thrown into the book, and as you're reading, is as the world kind of builds. But we, me and I, both talked about how we kind of liked that because rather than being bogged down with so many pages of like details and everything, and then getting into the action, it was like you got to like we were learning everything alongside Violet. Versus this book was like very focused on world building it's almost like she didn't focus fourth wing on the world building and like instead took this book the second book in the series iron flame to really throw all the like details at us so i will say like it was overwhelming at parts like i sometimes had to put this down not because oh it was too much or too action-filled i was just like i need a second to like recover like my brain is hurting from like taking in this much detail flipping back to the map like yeah you know, learning so many different new things like she's basically building up this whole universe and we like had all of it in this one book yeah I do have a bit of a bone to pick with the world building because I felt the exact same way like there were times that I was literally just like I would like reach like a new character a new city and like I would just breeze through it like fly by because I was like I just like can't comprehend any further information I just want to keep going with the plot and like yeah know that world building is so important but it does feel a little bit in this book like some things just kind of came out of left field um Mm -hmm. like specifically I think like the magic the build on magic in Iron Flame especially with like the addition of like runes and stuff like obviously like it's very typical of like a fantasy series to like not have all the information in the first book but like it just felt so like out of the blue and like kind of confusing and like I just like wasn't really rocking with it so it took me it took me longer to like get into 
that part of the book um, even though the plot was like so fast paced like it moved so quickly like the world building definitely held me back a little bit yeah and I think like that's why like me and I will give our honest opinions like we love this book and we love the series because it's like entertainment value but I don't think I loved the way the world was built in I feel like a lot of this information like obviously I have no idea where Rebecca Yaros is intending to take the series but I feel like we could have you know saved some of this information for like later books because it just felt like everything was thrown at us and obviously we'll continue to learn and there'll be even more world building but it was like the new areas it was so many people so many dragons half the time when there was like a name mentioned and it wasn't like the main you know squad the the people that we like really knew I was like I have no idea who we're talking about right now but it's honestly not relevant enough for me to really like care like I was like I just need to keep reading like when she'd be like oh this random person's like signet I was like I don't even feel like flipping back to be like what is this person's signet who are they there was like new magic the rune stones like also just learning about like you know like the different the griffins and the the flyers and their different magic I was just like yeah there was no why I was like I'm gonna do a first read maybe my second read I'll like really like take notes and you know but like it was just hard like trying to devour this in time to record this podcast I was like damn I feel like I'm preparing for like a college like essay like test for, like right cramming now. like literally, yeah, literally cramming. Or, like leave was... the leave the not important information out like exactly like yeah, they yeah. Can just be. I was like yeah. I just need to know what happened like I can't bog myself down around with like the little dainty details I will say what was so there was one funny moment that really got this for me it was when Jack Barlow's dragon shows up at the cave because she name drops the dragon and I was like who what like, yeah. like what dragon is this and then the Loki, next page it was like i kind of oh, remember that, that was... i was like the dragon found us and i was like i literally like could not recall i could not recall yeah no there was so like solace finding them in that solace, cave and it was yeah. it was like um commander varick or wh- whatever his name was Varric. again like i'm like the names they don't it's all so confused in my mind but yeah. like they you know found that dragon and I kind of knew it was his because like that was at the beginning of the book mentioned a lot but like we obviously hadn't heard Jack Barlow's dragon's name since fourth wing yeah so it kind of like came to mind but like you know especially when he was like attacking the dragon I was like wait is that his dragon and then it was which was crazy um but yeah also the fact that like before we even get into that but the fact that he killed his own dragon and he's still alive those men in powers though i knew i knew when he was acting nice i was like this can't be good this can't be good (laughs) but yeah so but like other than that i think also we will say i don't know if you guys follow us on tiktok you should at reading and renting pod um you probably saw some of our viral TikToks. Um, so actually, my sister took that content. She went to the midnight release opening party in New York City for Iron Flame, where Rebecca Yaros had a Q&A. So we formally apologize for posting the Dane's belt buckle scene, because now that we finished the book, like we're like, okay, that was so fake. Like There is no Dane's belt buckle. Like It was to secure Violet's like 
like dislocated shoulder but yeah at the time like Rebecca really got us you know but oh, we got got hilarious you know yes we love like, you guys. She's not- <laughs> literally we love you guys you guys were fucking riding for us in the comments they were so funny like literally yeah. I was peeing my pants everyone being like and then she took the belt buckle and stabs him like I was like yeah same she I, I, chokes like- him out <laughs> yeah she chokes him with the belt it was so funny like Miss Yaros you are absolutely out of pocket for the way that you set us up for failure with that one but yeah. we're happy that we all suffered together because now we've come out on the other side and we know that that literally was completely taken out of context <laughs> exactly but other general reactions, other than the world building, which we found kind of overwhelming, the spice in this book was great. Chef's kiss. It was the spice was spicing, you know? No, the spice was spicy. Like and but like mm-hmm. in such a good way, not in like the overtly like super smutty way. Like it was like the mm-hmm. spice, the tension, the dirty talk, the setting. Like oh, yes. so good. Chapter like, forty eight, guys. Chapter forty eight. Let's 48. just all take a fucking moment to appreciate chapter forty eight. It also kind of reminded me, like, if for any Akatar SJM stands, um, well, not even Akatar, but Crescent City, in the Crescent City books. Um, spoiler if you haven't read crescent city yet but there's like a little like slow burn where basically it's the people they're already together they've already had sex but then it's kind of like um then they're like not having sex and they're building up to it so it kind of reminded me of crescent city in this book because it's the same thing where like they've already slept together but then they like purposely were not having sex um because they were fighting as we'll talk about they fought basically the entirety of this entire book but I really loved the first time they had sex, like not even chapter 48, but like whatever chapter that was, I was like, damn, this is Yeah, good. when they got back into it, I was like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's why Zayden Ryerson, literally shadow daddy, also, also ultimate the, book boyfriend. The finger move, not Kat being like, oh, you know who taught him that finger move, but then literally Violet goes, oh, Kat, and thank you for teaching him that move. I'm like, no, iconic girl. of her. She literally yeah. ended Kat on the spot with that line, which is so funny. Yeah, no, but looking at chapter 48, like, when literally down the bond, Zayden is sending his thoughts about, like, her, like, his, like, turned on thoughts to her, like, that's so hot. Like, imagining hooking up with someone, you can, like, well, I don't think that was on purpose. I don't think that was on purpose. Wait, we haven't talked about this. I think that that might have something to do with her powers and not just the bond. Interesting. Because it's like she, it like, like neither of them seemed like they meant for it to happen. Like it was kind of, it was actually, honestly, also kind of giving Crescent City with, um, but yeah, but yes, but yeah, like, like him eating her out on the fucking throne. First of all, on the throne, my house, my chair, my woman. Look at you! Look at you coming for me on the tier tierish tierish throne or whatever he says. Look at you! Literally, yeah. literally Zayden. Oh, <laughs> Word vomit. No, yeah. to read a little expert excerpt from this scene. This is when she's like kind of like reading his mind, but I don't know. She's just overhearing his thoughts. He goes, "I need to fuck her to flip her over the arm of this throne, drive into her, but I can't. I need her no marks in the wood. I need her cries filling this whole fucking house. I need her knowing what I can be for her. Anything and everything she needs. She's heaven in my mouth, flawless, mine, and she's almost there. Gods, yes, her legs are shaking, her walls are fluttering around my tongue, and I love her so fucking much." 
<laughs> I melt. I melt. I'm I like the, the, the leg shaking. The leg shaking. Yeah. That, that, that <laughs> does it. it for me. So I think we can both agree the spice definitely kicked it up a notch from fourth wing. Loved it. Such just mwah, chef's kiss. Literally can't say mm-hmm. enough good things. Yeah, fourth wing, we really, really had like one scene, I would yeah. say. This one we at least had like two to three. Um, yeah. But and Zayden's, yeah. Zayden's fucking bedroom talk is like up mm-hmm. there with some of the best like uh it's just like when it's like they're like they're like gonna talk you through it and like even just like yeah, oh it's yeah. so good she's like I can't I can't and he's like no you will yeah. the way that like he literally made her like come twice like from yeah. head and she was like I don't even know what the fuck happened and I'm like, yeah the way she was honestly, like whatever yeah. the fuck happened that last time I was like yeah mood <laughs> Yeah, no, because literally, like, she, like, hold, held on to the stone and, like, just, like, kept coming. And yeah. I was, like, I was, like, God. It's, like, hey, God, it's me again. <laughs> like, why can't we all experience that? Yeah. Please. No, yeah, I no. had to take matters into my own hands at the end of that. Uh, both after, of scenes, first... after pretty much every sex scene, I actually think I, I got down with it, so. Yeah, after I read the first spice scene, I texted Mia, and I was, like, oh, damn like she is getting into it this book and Mia goes yeah not gonna lie I did take care of myself after that I did. but on like the subject of Kat um you know that was such a revelation having like finding out that Zayden kind of had an ex-lover and obviously we kind of find out that she they were like betrothed so it's not really like he was in love with her or anything but Bodhi did make a comment being like I haven't seen Zayden care this much since like Kat and then obviously yeah also Bodhi's so out of pocket for that why yeah. did Violet know literally that was such a setup I literally was like okay all yeah. right also the fact that um when Zayden and Violet were talking about Kat and like like Violet's jealousy he goes oh well Kat's nowhere near my first I'm like how many girls have you slept with Zayden and then meanwhile yeah. Violet has probably only slept with like two to three people yeah i think she'd said two people but um it was also so fucking funny when zayden was like defending himself to cat or defending himself about cat she's like we don't have to like someone to fuck them i was like yeah her (laughs) heard yeah heard (laughs) but i will say like cat kind of had a redemption arc like at first i was like Mm -hmm. fuck this bitch like violet take her out like kill her during the fight like her like hide it like honestly why is she jasper from twilight with like the fucking like you know like mood emotion mood regulation yeah 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 the power but then she kind of does redeem herself by like not being like an absolute cunt but you know i was just kind of i honestly was kind of here for her energy even though like because she was really i kind of hated her at first i mean she was supposed to be antagonistic like that was like the role that she was her character was serving but like it was honestly so funny i was just i don't know i was kind of here i was here for the drama not like as like a stan of cat yeah because she was no it was it was like a good way like i feel like it was like a subplot but like it was obviously a good subplot to include um just you know like violet and zayden were already having like relationship issues and then to bring in like an ex um i think it definitely like added to the plot but also it helped it be like you know it helped like elevate their relationship by zayden being like okay yeah i've like had relationships with other people like i've obviously fucked other people but like you are the only woman i've ever loved yeah 100 percent. it say also his- ups the stakes like politically with cat literally being like yeah i want his throne like i don't care yeah. about him yeah did <laughs> not like- realize in fourth wing that zayden was like you know like a 
of like a royal line like I just thought his dad was like a rebellion starter like did not realize he was like you know yeah I did not realize the depths of it like I didn't (laughs) realize that he technically is the duke of Aredia like I definitely did not realize that until this book no but I do love like a little plot like a royals plot that's why I also someone also that got added this book who I vibed with was Eric um or as we know his fake name like I'm kind of here for like a little like you know like he's royal pretending not to be like no one knows other than a couple people that he's like the king's son and also that's going to definitely be something down the line that we're going to find out more about the royals and the kings Mm -hmm. like we really have not heard that much about the king other than he's kind of like an asshole um but Eric like joins the riders he like joins you know um fourth wing but um I'm like kind of interested to see what happens with him and Loki I'm foreshadowing like or foreseeing a relationship between him and Sloan or something so I feel like they're the most relevant first years we've heard of yeah no I definitely see something important happening um yeah with both of them especially with the ending of the book and Sloan manifesting as a siphon um mm-hmm. we know that the other important um siphon or writer the other important writer who had um their signet was siphoning was now Lynn so obviously mm-hmm. Sloane is going to be important like she's already been important she's instrumental at the end of the book with yeah. um siphoning General Sorengill's power RIP um yeah yeah but, no but like I feel like I could see like them maybe, being in a relationship yeah I just feel like honestly you could even see like in later books like it being multi-POV where we, we get like Eric's like POV we get Sloane's like it starts becoming about them as well because I am very curious about Eric's like background and his history and we don't know what his signet is and I feel like he's gonna be very powerful so we shall see yeah yeah because he says his signet hasn't manifested yet mm-hmm. um so and they do say that they're like um they said that you know it used to be like that kings or I don't know if it's it's now king like riders cannot be like king or they can't rule yeah. or something like that yeah. but I'm like they don't want the yeah. riders ruling yeah yeah but I'm like I don't know now that Eric's a rider and even though he's second to the throne I'm like okay I bet this like older brother that's first in line is gonna die or something and then Eric's gonna have to take the crown yeah or I they're bet. gonna depose him yeah or yeah something like that yeah. No, I love him. He definitely interesting character. I will say his fucking introduction scene had me rolling on the floor when he's like his says he says his last name is Grey Castle because I'm just picturing him like on the fucking parapet staring at a fucking gray castle that is Basquiat War College and going, uh Eric Grey Castle. <laughs> <laughs> And Violet's like, no, you're not. And he's like, yeah. shut the fuck up. Like- yeah, and Vi- Violet is literally like you sure about that (laughs) yeah yeah like did you just come up with that yeah but he was definitely like I feel like as we said earlier there were so many new characters introduced this book um I would say Eric was definitely a fave Kat was definitely like you know someone to throw us off Sloan at first I kind of was like this is a bitch like why isn't she grateful I thought it was like I thought it was dumb I like really thought Sloan was being dumb like I was like I get I obviously get being like upset that her brother that her brother died, died yeah obviously but, I'm like, but like gonna kill violet over <laughs> yeah no and also like the fact too that she wasn't like powerful she was like weak was also shocking and i guess that's to do with they were like fostered in different homes so yeah. she didn't learn as much like combat as um liam and zayden had but that was also just like out of left field but i would say them three were like like kat sloan and eric 
were my favorite like yeah, new, characters. new characters and new I'm addition. excited to see kind of like what happens with them as well yeah 100% um I also I think one of my other favorite parts of the books I'm so excited to talk about this and Darna's sass and Darna I feel like Darna was like Loki felt like a new character with like her being like an adolescent literally had me rolling on the floor like giggling and kicking my feet she's so fucking funny like her banter with Taryn and Violet literally hilarious like the part <laughs> the part where Andarna goes she makes a good point can you carry a luminary and Taryn goes that question insults me and Andarna goes can you carry a luminary while insulted <laughs> literally sent me she's so funny I'm obsessed with her yeah, she's my she's little angel baby she's such a teenager but like in like a like such a funny way I just I'm yeah. obsessed with her she's everything I know I also do love it even though Taryn and um what's uh Zanin's dragon's name again scale. Say- scale, scale yeah yeah scale um I love how even though they're not her parents they're like her makeshift parents like they basically yeah like, like, Darina got like adopted into the family so Taryn he's like such daddy energy like she like is like such like a you know teenager and then he just like sighs he's, he's like dad. that's only my dad he's just like <sighs> like having the yeah. daughters he's just like yeah he's like I can't say anything right like <laughs> no I know I just I love their energy and the fact that Andorna is also like I look up to him like I want to be black I made myself black because he's black. Oh, and, I know. And like, I know. <laughs> I was like, oh. I know. Because like Violet kept being like, Taryn, are you lying to me? Like, is she actually yours? Like, she kept, but like, you know, Taryn was obviously yeah. kind of protecting Adarna. I'm like, and who she actually is as a dragon. But no, I love the whole like found family dragon plot line. <laughs> um, like, I would say there's definitely a lot of flat found family, like, you know, undertones in this book. Mm-hmm. But like, my favorite is definitely the dragon plot the dragon found family (laughs) 100 percent. so i think it's something else we got to address um you know we talked about dane's belt buckle already but i'll admit it i'm number one in line to be a dane apologist i think that his redemption arc was deserved and done well Mm uh i think it makes sense like i think it makes sense because he like his loyalty is to the rules like he's a rule follower so like the fact that when he learns that everything that he's ever known and believed is a lie and he's literally like i am disappointed that my dad is like part of this and like whatever whatever mm-hmm. like he on the spot chooses to rescue violet not knowing that there was already a rescue attempt in progress like yeah. he was like prepared to go down swinging with her and the fact that then he joined the revolution and whatever, whatever. I yeah, so real for that. I love Dane. I think he's giving bestie energy. I also think it's fucking hilarious that at the beginning of the book, when they're like back at Basquiat and he's a wing leader, all of them are like not putting up with his like crap as a wing leader. They're like literally Rhiannon and Violet are like, not today, Dane. Like yeah. with the, like on the parapet, and he's just like Dane's sad. just like, like the teacher's pet. Just, you yeah, know? like that everyone likes to f- shit on. But no, I agree. I think. The redemption arc was done well. I think, like, there's no reason truly to hate him. I mean, I know Violet hasn't, like, truly, truly forgiven him yet, but I think she will. And I think he'll probably do something else, too, where he'll, like, put his life on the line and, like, you know, not he already mm-hmm. did to save her. But, like, again, I could foresee that being something where, like, she really forgives him. I mean, I could see him also not surviving all the way because, like, even though, like, he has a redemption arc, he's definitely not, you know one of our main main peeps like he's not like one of like 
Violet's like main priorities. Like usually during the battle, she's like, okay, where's Zayden? Where's Mira? Where's Brennan? And then also like where's um uh Redox, Sawyer, and then Rhiannon. So like those are like her core people. Like Dane hasn't really made it onto that yet, but we shall see. Also, Brennan. Speaking of Brennan, that was the biggest plot twist at the end yeah. of book one, and we haven't even dive deep into that well here we go speaking of brennan um i low-key the first chapter like violet and brennan just chit-chatting over biscuits i was like yes. what on earth like no that, it just like, immediately got back it, to normal that's why he doesn't yeah. even feel like something to talk about because he just kind of like was there and then yeah. that was it like i know no i know i actually i kind of like brennan i don't know i think he's kind of funny yeah i think like his sense no, of humor, I like him too. like yeah. i like him i like that he's friends with zayden but also like mm-hmm. that does prove like all the theories about how like oh like zayden knew everything about violet because he was friends with brennan like knew brennan like well yeah like all the also, marked ones know brennan like mm-hmm. oh the whole the whole thing too where he had to deal with her mom is that man has so many secrets and that's why like their relationship yeah. really was toxic this book like yeah we just keep finding out more and more about him and i felt bad for him like he is so scared he doesn't know how to like you know be open but like violet literally begs him to be open and then we, we're like okay that's it we learned all the secrets and then like 10 chapters later there's some other bomb that drops yeah so and the I fact say- that he literally was like there will always be secrets between us and she's like oh okay but like there doesn't have to be yeah but i don't know she also was kind of quick to judge like when we really find out about what's going on with you know his secret signet and i don't know just like everything else um but you know their toxicity does make for some amazing sex i will say I think we gotta I think it's time we've gone through our reactions all our funny little moments it's my time to shine <laughs> yes it's Mia's time to shine as our theory master the R&R resident theory master so let's dive into it Mia what is your top theory that you have taken away after reading Iron Flame Okay, so obviously we're going to talk about the ending, but I think the theory that I'm actually most excited about uh, and to talk about is what is Violet's second signet going to be? So it's already been established that we know that signets are more so about what the writer needs, and I think what Violet needs most is information and also a cure for Zayden turning Venom. So... I think there's a couple of different ways that this could play out. The biggest one that I've already seen a lot of discourse on, shout out Book Talk. There's one creator named Nicolina Marie on Book Talk. She's amazing. Go watch this video of hers. She's the one that put this idea in my head and I picked up some other pieces of evidence to talk about it. The first theory is that her signet is actually resurrection or like an ability to speak to or see or raise the dead. Um, And so... Rebecca Yara said in an interview um, that she had been dropping hints throughout Iron Flame of what Violet's second signet is. So it's already manifested. We just don't know. We just have to like go look, go look for the little hints. Mm. Um, and so I think that the bigger piece of evidence for the resurrection being her second signet is the scene where she's in the interrogation room and Liam shows up and Liam stays with her the entire time and talks with her and like is giving her strength and like all these things. Violet keeps saying that she thinks he's a hallucination. She's like, oh, like props to my mind for creating such a realistic hallucination. And I think it just makes it to so much that he can't be a hallucination. <laughs> yeah, no, I, he's, I yeah. see it. 
I definitely see it. I mean, like, obviously there's a couple theories about what her signet, her second signet could be, but I definitely foresee it being something about, you know, resurrection. I mean, like, now she's witnessed two people die, Liam, and then now her mother. So, I'm like, if we see a, you know, hallucination of General Sorengill in the next book before we even figure out what her second signet is, I'm like, okay, I think this is on the dot. Um, And I do think it could help as well with, like, figuring out some of these mysteries that they have about the wards and, like, the history of Navarre. Mm -hmm. So, like, what if, like, she could just, like, resurrect, like, Lila and Warwick, like, the, you know, some of the first six writers, like, and ask them. There's just so many burning questions. So many questions. I think there's another piece that's interesting that some people have theorized that um, the burning of of writers' things, the tradition of burning their items, is to keep them from being resurrected. So the fact that Violet could could basically raise Liam or see Liam or talk to Liam or whatever is because she kept his letters. We also know that she has her dad's book of fables about the venom and the wyverns. And so I think... She could raise the first writers. She could. She has their journals, so that's like an article from them. Um, if she keeps something from her mom and she sees her mom, we do that. But then also her dad. Her dad was doing research. Like, what was he researching? What did he know? Mm-hmm. He clearly knew the truth because he wanted them to have like the bedtime stories mm-hmm. of the fables of the, the wyvern and venom. So he knows something. Maybe his I don't... research is going to be something in line with like the cure. I don't know. Who knows? But no, I. I don't know about his research. Like, I totally think that's a strong theory. But you talking about, like, what was he researching? It had to have been something important. Now I'm thinking, I don't think he just died of natural causes. Like, I wonder if he got killed for getting too close to the truth. Mm-hmm. Right after Brennan died and was mm-hmm. resurrected. Who else knew that, re- that Brennan was alive? Like, do we think that mm-hmm. General Melgren or the king or, like, anyone else knew that Brennan survived? Because. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, like, I think Violet's dad is a big question mark. And, like, we're going to have to learn more yeah. about him. A hundred percent. Because we definitely do not have enough information. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other piece of the resurrection thing um, or the resurrection being her signet theory is that in fourth wing, when we first learn about signets, uh, whether in dragon class with Professor Cowrie, Professor Cowrie tells them um, signets are the result of the unique chemistry between rider and dragon and usually say more about the rider than the dragon. The stronger the bond and the more powerful the dragon, the stronger the signet. So obviously we know that one and Darna's going to be a powerful fucking dragon, even though she's young, because she's literally her own breed. She's a mm-hmm. new breed and the only one of her kind and 650 years old. Like, so she's Violet's second signet is obviously going to be powerful. And the fact that she already has lightning from Taryn, like, mm-hmm. incredible. And then we know that it says more about the writer. So it's going to do something with information, having a cure, whether it's resurrection or not. Later, in, later on that page in that chapter, um, Professor Cowrie is talking about Nao Lin, who was Taryn's first writer and the one that resurrected or didn't resurrect, but saved Brennan's life. Uh, and he says, Nao Lin's signet was siphoning. Professor Cowrie's shoulders full. He could absorb power from various sources, other dragons, other writers, and then use it or redistribute it. Dot, dot, dot. And then a little bit later, he says, he attempted to use that power to revive a fallen writer, which didn't work because 
because there's no signet capable of resurrection and depleted himself in the process. And sometimes it's hard for a writer with a signet that powerful to accept his limits. After all, bonding makes you a writer, but resurrecting someone, that makes you a god. I just think that is mm-hmm. laying laying some seeds, planting some seeds, laying the groundwork, no, whatever, all the Mia metaphors. Mia founds this quote, and it's, like, crazy, like, the foreshadowing. And this is from Fourth Wing, so it's the first book. Like, you know, Rebecca's planting some seeds here. Yeah, 100%. So I definitely think that the resurrection theory has some legs to stand on, and that's my that's my addition. That's my contribution um is that quote in professor cowrie talking about resurrection not being possible as a signet and then being like oh but if you did resurrect someone it would make you a god because who's more godlike than violet she has godlike powers literally like people are we're scared of her but we love mm-hmm. her mia's like that is my contribution to <laughs> iron flame slash fourth wing theories thank you good night thank you next um mm-hmm. but so there are a few other theories floating around for what the signet could be if it's not resurrection or something like that along those along those lines one is some form of like mending or be herself being the cure for venom like if on the one hand her lightning is a way to kill venom then maybe her second signet is going to manifest in the opposite in a way to save people from turning venom or turn back turn them back into humans or writers or whatever um, and the other is along the same lines of needing information is some sort of like prophecy seeing the future visions mm-hmm. we're like kind of seeing this kind of like connection between her and sage with her her and the sage in her dreams like kind of wondering like were those actually just like visions or was she seeing visions of the sage talking to zayden like in a different form or like was she communicating with the sage in her dreams on purpose or subconsciously like not on purpose but on purpose through her second signet we don't know so gonna have to gonna have to see where this one goes because it's quite interesting mm-hmm. yeah i mean i am curious what her second signet is i really thought we were gonna find it out in this book but that's just another bomb to drop in whatever the next book is in this series so very curious but i am here for your resurrection theory i think it has some good evidence like you found some <laughs> details and now we just gotta wait and see um but another just like huge plot twist guys this really shocked me i think in fourth wing episode we talked about what plot twist we did and didn't see coming but why don't i didn't see coming is zayden now being like venom or whatever he is like i'm so confused by this ending of him having the red rimmed eyes and getting into the fight with the sage the venom sage and killing him and now he's suddenly like a venom but it's crazy what do you think mia like yeah i, I like mean you had to explain this to me because i was just like shocked when i read it and that's all i could register was shock no yeah i mean i was like draw on the floor like completely shocked um i think like i mean obviously like huge plot twist like definitely like more shocked than it even like the ending of like brennan being alive at the end of fourth wing honestly this mm-hmm. one got me like way more definitely but i think I think that there's something in Zayden's history or background with his parents and why the sage wants him and Violet to turn and is like, you guys are going to turn for love. I think, you guys, my crackhead headcanon theory, and I was like, this one, I do not have a lot of legs to stand on with this one. I mm-hmm. think that Zayden's mom is like the leader of the Venom or like in some way like high mm-hmm. up there with the sages and like whatever because – Oh, she's going to – she's around why- somewhere. 
she has to be somewhere i think that's why mm-hmm. they wanted him i think that's why they want him and violet and yeah i'm like where where are we gonna go with this i don't know like i i actually genuinely don't know where we go from here obviously besides like, yeah for a cure and like there's probably gonna be some fucking like lost knowledge about how venom either like are curable or like they're not wholly evil like maybe it depends on the person i don't know but like yeah yeah zayden zayden well, was like just uh, uh, basically because so if I'm saying this right, he channeled his power to kill the sage. And because he channeled it in the way that Venom channeled their power, that's why he is now on his way to becoming Being a full like a dark wielder Venom. Dark yeah. wielder Venom. But yeah, so it's like, how do we stop this process? Um, poor baby. And this is also right after, like, he's already so scared that Violet isn't going to love him. And when he revealed, also, this was plot twist, didn't see it coming either. Zayden having a second signet, which is being like, <laughs> which is like intrinsic, or he can basically he Inten- can't read intrinsic. In- I think it was intrinsic. It's no, but it's spelled differently. It's intrinsic. There's no R. <laughs> I think it's. I think you spelled it wrong here. No, it's intrinsic. <laughs> is it? Yes. God, I'm so congested right now. Yeah. Um, okay. It's well, intrinsic, not intrinsic. Zayden's second signet of being intrinsic or reading intentions. That, I guess, Mia saw coming. I, again, didn't. Uh, but, like, we just think back to, you know, like, Violet was so humble thinking how many times did Zayden just know exactly what was going on in her mind. Like, the prickling sensation that Violet would get whenever, you know, like, she felt Zayden in the same room. Like, basically, that was... Zayden using his power to like read her and read her intentions and it is crazy because she thinks to herself which I don't think is true like I think they did fall in love like out of like just both their you know merit but like she's like did he convince me to fall in love with him like did he read my intentions and know exactly what I wanted so he knew exactly what to do so I would fall in love with him like because he responded every time she needed something, like he would be there with like exactly what she needed. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I mean, his powers were surprising. Like, we're surprised, but I also knew like some shit was gonna be important because like I remembered them saying the thing about the mm-hmm. previously bonding a writer from the same family line, um, and it being his yeah. his grandfather. But, but guys, I made a crazy connection during the scene where we're, we figure out what Zayden's second signet is and this is me being you know the connection master like Mia's the theory master I'm the really crazy connections but if you guys recall it's it starts on page like 520 of Iron Flame if you have the physical copy and Violet is guessing what his second signet is because he wouldn't tell her and she keeps like basically assuming and like talking out loud of her thoughts so she goes you're deadly with every weapon you pick up but that's not a signet and he's basically telling her to stop he keeps going stop stop she goes you're ruthless which I guess could have something to do with an ability to show off your emotions um you're a natural leader everyone gravitates towards you you're always in the right place are you a distance wielder he goes stop he demands like she just keeps guessing and guessing and guessing and one of what this reminded me of the scene in twilight where bella follows edward to the woods and is guessing all these reasons of why she thinks that he might be some like 
crazy, powerful being. She goes, you're never in the sun. You're cold. You act, you act as if like you're old, but you're only 17. And then Edward goes, say it, say it. And Bella goes, you're a vampire. Literally tell me that this wasn't modeled after that scene. Tell me that it wasn't. I digress. No, honestly, like you, you nailed that one. Like yeah, as soon as you I pointed it out to it. me, I was peeing my pants because it literally was so Bella finding out Edward is vampire yeah. coded. No, it's like... literally Twilight coded. The scene is Twilight coded. I will take that to my grave. It's so funny. It's, you're so funny. Your connections. <laughs> the connections. Yeah. This is uh, this is the end of my connections episode. Until next time, guys. <laughs> All right, well, I think we have just, like, a few few more, like, theory nuggets to hit um, mm-hmm. to wrap up. But already mentioned, I think Zayden's mother is going to be important. Kind of talked about this, like, in relation to Violet's second signet. But Andarna basically is her own breed. Like, old as fuck. Like, as old as the first war, question mark? Like, mm-hmm. she's in her egg as a hatchling for 650 years. Like, and we know that she was conscious during that in her egg form as an egg as a hatchling Mm -hmm. i don't know she was conscious Uh because she heard (laughs) her (laughs) she heard them talking about general sorengill's youngest daughter who's gonna be a scribe um and she knew that she would end up in the writer's quadrant she was like i I picked you like i knew you were gonna be mine Mm -hmm. and so i think she's gonna and arna's gonna end up having some sort of like critical knowledge like from back when whether it's like the words whether it's for the cure whether it's for talking about the first six and like whatever 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 because also who are her parents her parents must have been alive for the first writers might have been the dragon that were part of the wards for the first for the first dragon um or for the first wardstone and i think it's really interesting that there's there's two pieces to this one taryn calls andarna golden one and he calls violet silver one like is Andarna this kind of like dragon royalty because with the little um the what what the what the first writers write down is they say the six and the one or the seven so the six and the one the one makes me think like is that Andarna like is she special because like is she a special kind of dragon like mm-hmm. um like is she the one and so then like it just like goes back into like what is her six her second signet gonna be with violet like i don't know mm-hmm. i just like i need answers uh, but my precious baby baby and arna i love her so i much. know we have a lot to figure out about her but yeah i mean she finally is breathing fire now like she can fly normally but like as we say like as taryn says throughout the book like there's so much about the dragon like empyrean you know like uh you know they we just don't know anything about dragons like yeah. humans don't know so much about dragons so this is a lot of stuff where it's like we're gonna be finding it out along with the characters yeah 100 percent. i was also peeing my pants when violet walks straight up to kodak and is or the the big black dragon and she goes i need to talk to you and, Vi- and zayden literally goes holy fuck violet because you're not supposed to talk to dragons and she just walks straight up to the biggest and oldest dragon in on the continent and she's like i need to talk to you literally yeah. so real but yeah so obviously clearly violet and andorna's bond is gonna be important clearly andorna the secret of her being her own breed of dragons very important can't wait to see where mm-hmm. that goes last um, theory he, that yes. we have for Hit now me. for now 
could always do a second episode. There's just so much to talk about here because this book really was so thick and just had so many details. But as we talked about in the fourth wing episode, this is written as like a, you know, a history by Jasenia. So we're thinking like, obviously, whatever we're reading right now, like, happened in the past because it's been it's being it was recorded as a history and like transcribed by Jasenia. so at the top of each chapter there's like little like excerpts from like you know histories and whatever but also there's messages that you know it's like correspondence from Zayden to Violet because he started writing her letters and something that we like saw is that in one of the little like letters Zanin says my dad hoped I'd go into the infantry like he did he thought riders were pompous pricks and in his defense we really are and then it says it's recovered correspondence of lieutenant Zanin Ryerson to cadet Violet Soringale so we're thinking clearly like Zanin currently is a lieutenant and Violet currently is a cadet so like you know it's not like this is in the future where maybe Zanin Rose and Violet graduates from Basquiat. Like, we're like, why is this recovered? Like, why is it recovered correspondence? I cry because there's also recovered correspondence of General Lilith Soringale to her Mm -hmm. husband, where she, like, before she dies, she's like, um, the the letter. I think that I'm I'm gonna I might misquote this, but she's basically like, oh, like you know, my love that I will fall in defense of our children or to protect our children, Mm -hmm. and that's recovered correspondence because she's dead. So yes. recovered correspondence from Lieutenant Ryerson insinuates yeah. that he is also dead. And I'm just simply not okay and with that. And it means he dies as a lieutenant. And he dies as a lieutenant and Violet dies as a cadet. And I just can't handle the thought of that right now. I really might lose <laughs> it. I'm like literally like on the brink of tears. We, we won't think about it yet. We won't think about it yet. But yeah. If anyone else has like theories to write in on, please let us know. Um, We'll drop our email in our TikTok at the end of this episode but we're gonna keep like i feel like this is really fresh in me and i's mind like as we said we devoured these books with the sole intention of being able to drop this episode as soon as possible asap so we're gonna like definitely you know look back reread and if we see any other nuggets we will definitely let you guys know yeah i see a reread on the horizon mm-hmm. imminently it's, it's upcoming, it's upcoming. <laughs> yeah <laughs> After the after the Massiverse rereads, we'll mm-hmm. do some some fourth wing rereads as well. Yeah, we're locked into a five book series, guys. We got three mm-hmm. more whole books. Miss Yaros, we're we're coming with you. We're on this journey. Mm-hmm. On the journey, here we go. On the next episode of Reading and Ranting, get ready because we are talking about the best way to cure your Akatar hangover, your Sarah J. Mass, Massiverse hangover, and that's with Carissa Broadbent. We are the most loyal Carissa Broadbent stands and so excited to dive into her books, The Daughter of No World series and um, The Serpent and the Wings of Night. So buckle up, grab your blanket and an iced coffee because this is the ultimate hangover cure. <laughs> And we're always looking for book recs. So if you have a suggestion, shoot us a DM on at Reading Ranting Pod or email readingrantingpod at gmail.com. Until next time, happy reading, besties. Bye.